All right, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. We've got an NIA boys here today. Jack Butcher, founder of Visualize Value. Trunk fan, me, Master Flex himself, writer for Bloomberg Opinion. And I'm Bilal Zaidi, founder and host of the other podcast I do, Creator Lab. Boys, let's get straight into this. I think we got a meme in a week. Let's let's hit it. Yeah, this one uh, is coming out on Wednesday, so I think uh, people will still be feeling this. So for the uh, the listeners, it's a <laughs> Sex in the City themed meme. It's a <laughs> themed meme. So the the photo is of a Carrie Bradshaw, so Sarah Jessica Parker from uh, Sex in the City. Uh, basically, uh, she's looking uh, a little bit tired. And the meme reads, uh, are you feeling rested after the long weekend? And then it's just a photo of her looking uh, uh, not the best. And uh, it's not about her. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is amazing. Great actress. A great show. Trying, trying but, not to get cancelled. Yeah, I'm I not can trying to get cancelled. But uh, <laughs> first of all, this, this one's blown up. So you can uh, cancel whoever tweeted it. So if you're listening, you can look it up on the video. But uh, the, the reason this resonated is because, man... Can you guys believe it's September 6th already? This is absolutely Man, insane. It's pretty Summer's mental. over, dude. What is happening? This is pretty Man, wild. How was the, the long week? Do you have a long weekend in Canada too, Trung? Yeah, we had Labor Day. How, how was Same it? As everyone. I didn't do anything, but I mean, because I'm on kids' schedule, kids' school schedule. I mean, Jack's about to roll up into that. It's like my entire... So, we're going to do parenting, a mini parenting corner here on uh, NIA. Um, getting <laughs> parenting into, segment. Uh, well, I was telling Bilal because we recorded an episode of Creative Lab earlier, but um, I'm basically in my head mentally waiting for September 2023 because that's when my kid is in school for eight hours a day. Because right now he's in school for three hours a day, which if you include drop off and pickup time is like really 15 minutes. <laughs> that's how much time you have to yourself. You know, when you... You know how like the context switching, like I drop my kid off, I get uh, I get off home. You know I'm on Twitter for like 45 minutes before I can do anything, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but once he's in school for eight hours, that's when you can really lock in some deep work. So um, I think Labor Day is going to take timeline. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Labor Day is going to take on a much more uh, significant meaning uh, starting next year. Wow. <laughs> Jack, what about you, mate? Long weekend, rested up. A lot of socializing. Feeling like Carrie out. Bradshaw. And an atypical amount of socializing. Oh, you hit the streets? Me. I just had hit people in town and some uh, some neighbors and stuff. So it was just uh, a lot for the... Uh, my dog has been eating rabbit shit. Had to go to the vet this morning. <laughs> Wait. Nah, the dog. Because usually like, dogs can eat shit, right? Like I know dogs eat shit like uh, recreationally. That's why they're haram, shit. mate. Yeah, yeah <laughs> mate. But wait, he's so a, how did you a, know it was a problem? It's like leaking liquid excrement all over the house. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that will yeah. do it. That will do it. That will do it. That will alert you that something's not not quite right. So, yeah, because yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to morning. say, but yeah, Jack was having a bit of a day today. So we had yeah. to. <laughs> That's why we did the Carrie Bradshaw up. thing. Please don't yeah. cancel me. Cancel whoever <laughs> did the tweet. Yeah. Well, we're back at it, boys. Summer's over. Get dialed in. We're back to work. Balkan no season. More. We're back it's to Balkan season. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, I guess it's Balkan season now. You're right. Yeah. Guess so. No speedos. All right, <laughs> boys. We got um, we got some. We got a couple. We're going to try to focus on only a couple things this week. Let's get going with Mr. Beast Burger launch. I think that's worth doing. I don't know if you've got a video, but I can share the one I shared in the group chat. Um, just for just to give people sense 
Um, so where, okay, so he launched a, Mr. Beast, the YouTube Uber creator, launched a physical burger location. Is it New Jersey? Yeah, American and the Mall, Mall. of America. That was that's a client of a, It's uh, like the biggest mall in America or something. It's, it's fuck. it's stupid. That thing's got like ski slopes in it. And oh, it's, it's like massive. Hundreds of thousands of square feet. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Can you guys see, can you guys see my screen? Oh my. Unbelievable. Yeah. Can you see the map? I mean, I don't know how to zoom in on it. Cause I'm a boomer, but yeah, can you see the amount of people there? It's insane. Like the 10, whole place people. is closed down. I mean, so yeah, we've talked about on the show, like ghost kitchens before a little bit. I think that's come up before last week. Even we talked about, um, you know, welcome to Wrexham, that show with Ryan Reynolds. I saw the first episode last night, but essentially taking famous money and, uh, or, you know, fame or attention and like creating products out of it. And, you know, that can either, create a completely brand new product or something that can boost something that already exists. So like Jack, I know you were kind of like digging into this a little bit, but what, what's the, what's the vibe with Mr. Beast Burger? So, uh, we got some homework before this episode, read the <laughs> franchise, uh, newsletter. What was it? Wolf of franchises. Yeah, so a, a fellow work week creator, uh, Wolf of franchise. You should subscribe to that newsletter. I mean, we have actually chatted franchises on here a couple of times. If we remember Domino's Dow. Franchise Dow. <laughs> Domino's Dow, sorry, back. yeah. Roll it, roll it back to, I don't know when that was. Probably about a year ago now. But um, yeah, good before times, we talk man. about the- That was good times. It was good times, yeah. <laughs> it before feels we like talk a about different the, world. It does, it was. It was a different world. Like before we do the franchise bit, the um, I know I think there's some something fascinating about just the like macro- trend where maybe 10 20 years ago you'd like you were a brand that had a product and you would go and seek out somebody to boost the signal of it right like if like I'm, a celebrity i'm trying to think yeah like avis David or you Beckham. know like yeah michael jordan and like actually that's actually probably an interesting parallel like building a product around a celebrity but this is a little different in that um it's it's like commodity kind of right the food thing and then uh making a good burger and then putting an, a name on it i don't watch that much mr beast stuff so i don't know if that's like burgers is like a huge part of the uh the story or it's like hit people know what food he likes and he does it like it like aligns with that but um yeah it's like this direct to consumer attention is is changing the way stuff gets made and conceptualized and sold and um the newsletter that we read is like you have a legitimate shot at going up against the giants because your reach is just so ridiculous on every side of the equation like you can recruit the customers you can recruit the franchisees you can get ten thousand people to show up in the middle of new jersey like the, his reach is just so profound and so um let me put some numbers behind the reach actually from yeah, the wolf report so his main youtube channel has 103 million subscribers all of his u.s channels have 183 million and then he has 47 international channels. And uh, let me just add this before Jack gets back into it. Mr. Beast launching these international channels is one of the smartest moves I've ever seen. So he took his already all like YouTube. He's cracked the YouTube algorithm, right? He makes the best YouTube content that everyone gets 50 million views. He, um, his strategy for YouTube is actually very brilliant. It's called the Jenga strategy. So in a game of Jenga, you know what the end result's gonna be, right? The tower is gonna fall. So for Mr. Beast, when he's doing a Jenga strategy, it's like everybody has their hand on the Ferrari. Whoever has their hand last gets a Ferrari, right? So you know what the end result's gonna be. 
you just you're watching to get there so his content is just perfect for youtube because you'll watch for 15 minutes to see the end result and you know what's coming but what he did with his international channels which is so brilliant is he just took all this youtube optimized content paid somebody to dub them in these local languages oh yeah yeah so apparently he, he took, was talking about this on rogan as well yeah kind of. genius right so apparently the uh i'll just give one more anecdote about these international channels but apparently he got the number one voice actor in japan to do his japan oh, channel that's incredible. yeah so you're paying like who knows how much he's paying he's obviously it doesn't matter right he's making so much money um but yeah so apparently he spends a million dollars an episode at a, a, a youtube video but just wanted to give a size of the skill and so jack can now talk about now you have all this attention and then what he's doing with it you said he make. I was just looking that up. You said he makes a million dollars a video. No, he, spends, he char, uh, spends a million. In a he invests a million dollars per YouTube video. Oh, okay. All At right. least. So this is, on average, some of them are way higher because they recreate like Charlie's Chocolate Factory or whatever and stuff like that. But yeah. So I'm just on looking, average, I don't know if this is, I don't know if these numbers are how accurate they are, but it sounds like he's kind of like reinvesting everything back into the videos, right? Is that, he's maybe That's said the whole that strategy. somewhere. Yeah. yeah the yeah. whole part goes back in. So he's like, it says he's making about 3 million a month from YouTube. That's just obviously just the ad revenue. So I don't know, I'd be fascinated to understand like what scale you would need to be as a, um, like a brick and mortar retail restaurant business to get anywhere near that. Obviously there's a lot more complexity there. And that was the argument for franchising. Like if you're Mr. Beast, the, the thing you do best is make videos. So get an experienced CEO in who knows how to build franchises. And then you stay in your like attention generation zone of genius. And, and then, uh, man, like there's use a, a cliche term. It's like, there's like areas for Mr. Beast's community to gather in the real world as a function of those things existing too, right? Like you imagine, um, it's not just the, influence that allows you to create that thing is by creating those things you actually deepen like the ability to like put on different types of events and grow relationships with the audience in a different way it's like uh even if that operated at cost it would be another thing that makes the mr beast brand like indestructible anti-fragile blah 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 it's not necessarily about making money in the short term it's about like growing the Mr. Rolling Beast that meme. snowball down Yeah, like the what hill, else man. can he do, right? Like the article covers the stuff, uh, like this single location he put up in the mall in New Jersey is like, it's like only the fourth thing under the Mr. Beast umbrella, right? Like Jack, did you have some of the other things that he's already done? And like he did the ghost kitchens obviously before the single burger location. And uh, I don't like, how much was that? He's got ghost a kitchen I don't know. He's, doing, he's got a philanthropy. Um, okay, so it says here in 2020, uh, he launched the ghost kitchens, which, uh, so a thousand ghost kitchens around America, uh, were using his app, um, to sell burgers, Mr. Beast burgers, hundred mil. So we got to break down the, uh, the margins on that, Jack, but you're talking about what would it take? Let's just say he's doing 50 mil a year in ads on YouTube. Uh, if you take out the margins, they're probably pretty equivalent sized businesses already. And, uh, you mentioned, yeah, he's taking that to do philanthropy. He's fed over hundred, hundred thousand people. And he also released a, a, a candy bar business, which uh, sold 
a million candy bars within three hours of launch for a That's 10 wild. million in revenue. I mean, the yeah, reality get, is this. He can sell anything. Yeah, I guess the like revenue per subscriber is like... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a great way to put it, yeah. Right, like on just the YouTube side, just like you're capturing nothing based on like the amount of connection, value, whatever synonym you want to use there. Like somebody's watched 200 Mr. Beast's videos, they're effectively paying him 30 cents a year. Yeah. Just with their attention, not even them spending it, yeah. Yeah, before they've spent any money, where it's like... It's an incredible amount of uh, goodwill, like above that, that can be captured in various, like I'm sure he sold merch and clothing and stuff yeah. that people want to represent the um, Mr. Beast brand in the real world. And uh, like, I think, man, I haven't really thought about it that way, but that's maybe a fascinating way to think about it is like the... Um, there's so much more room on top of that like exchange that's happened where you're like basically building relationships with people for free. Um, man, I don't know. I guess the, the strategy has been to like reinvest over time with the, uh, with the channel as it grows. So obviously the quality of the video, the videos increase over time. It is a really, I guess a rare strategy. It's not like you're doing these. I just don't know how replicable this is, right? It's like, there's this idea of like, oh, this is like the future for a lot of creators. I mean, this guy is just so, it's just incomprehensible how big. Yeah, it's kind of like saying, it, if, it's kind of like saying if Martin's, like if you had the same financial yeah. strategy as Martin Scorsese, <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work that way, right? It's like this well, guy the, has but, uh, a lot going on outside of that that is yeah. making the and great it's the 0.001% of, YouTube. It doesn't mean that. I mean, I guess the cool thing here is he was like a nobody. He's like a kid who just kind of built his own thing over time, all on YouTube himself, which is sick. But it's not like oh, the, like we always joke about this word phrase like creator economy. Like oh, this some random kid who's writing a newsletter is going to do Mr. Beast Burger, right? Like this is just the yo, you take taking shots at me, Bilal. Uh, yeah. hey, yo, Chong, you Fan Burger. Wait, actually, so uh, Jack, Fanny we were burger. recording. We were just talking about the, uh, the 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 stat we flipped around: the OnlyFans versus Substack. Substack oh, yeah, yeah. last year, hundred million in gross revenue. OnlyFans five billion in gross revenue newsletter writers you gotta get that you gotta get that <laughs> domain fired up <laughs> no but i, I just want to give it a show uh, mr beast's real name is jimmy donaldson i think he's 25 years old he's so young right he just he cracked youtube so if you for the listeners or viewers if you haven't listened to um mr beast or jimmy donaldson on joe rogan yeah it's an incredible three hours he, yeah. this guy is obsessed with youtube and like now we're explaining how he's trying to turn it into these consumer products and doing a great job obviously uh the other person that's worth shouting out is uh uh reed duster um is his, his talent manager and also the partner for night media uh they invest um and that and basically he's uh mr beast right hand dude and does all this kind of crazy uh um like Mr. Beast Burger and all these other uh, initiatives they're doing, but dude, it's it's crazy what he's doing. Unstoppable. He, he's unstoppable. There's nothing. The, the we're talking about. We talk about this all the time, right? He's like it's a version. Last week, Jack said that Ryan Reynolds uh, uh, doing Wrexham uh, AFC was like the peak version of this kind of wielding influence, right? Um, he also sold Aviation Gin for six hundred 
million. George Clooney sold. Uh, what was George Clooney's alcohol brand? You guys remember that? Sold Casamigos, it for a billion. Casamigas. Uh, uh, the Rock probably has a billion dollar tequila brand. I mean, Mr. Beast is on this Conor level. McGregor has got yeah, Conor McGregor terrible whiskey. Yeah, yeah has uh, has the whiskey. <laughs> What's but, it called? Uh, I mean, Proper Twelve. Is that him? Or yeah, Proper Twelve. Um, but yeah, Mr. Beast is this is what it's. He's in he's in that lane with these guys doing. He's gonna own probably a sports franchise. Frankly, pretty soon. So you know what else is? Go on, go on, Jack. Go on. I was just gonna say what else is crazy about like George Clooney and um, uh, who else do we say? The Rock, Ryan, uh, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Even Ryan Reynolds, like the adoption curve of Ryan Reynolds, is probably close to the top. Yeah. Mr. Beast, like Mr. Beast fans are kids. Yeah. Oh so there's, my like, goodness. So yeah. much, uh, like that's a good point. Room and upside going there. Like when you say George Clooney sold a, a uh, alcohol brand for a billion dollars, it's the same. Like, Who under in- the age of twenty has seen a George Clooney movie? Like legitimately, right? Right. It's cra- it's it's incredible. Like like props, incredible way to like cash out on the reputation that you've built and the work you've done. But also feels like the absolute perfect time to do it. Once you basically saturated everybody that's ever going to give a shit about what you do. If like the timing that's is such perfect a great point, dude. Versus this being like in this like hyper growth phase still. You know what? I want to. Uh, I love this point so much because we're talking about the translations that Mr. Beast is doing with these different markets. So George Clooney, I mean, he is an international superstar, but let's be honest, like Western media is still where he dominates. Mm-hmm. Mr. Beast, because he's the type of Global. content he's making, this Jenga, this Jenga storytelling, right? You don't have to understand different languages to know that if your hand is on a Ferrari, the last person gets a car. But that is just engaging content, oh, wow. right? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, like language, um, ascending above yeah, language. Yeah, he's ascending. Yeah. And he's doing it in these 10, 15 minute uh, uh, YouTube videos. I mean, he's going to have the biggest audience of anyone ever. And uh, it, it's absolutely insane. Uh, but actually, blah, I know you had a thought, but I want to give one George Clooney story, which is amazing. He, um, this is when he had made it as an fun, actor. Fun, fun. Yeah, this is, this is the fun fact fan <laughs> for this week. George Clooney uh, got about, I think, 15 of his best friends together for dinner one night. This is after he made it as an actor, uh, very successful. And each, uh, he brought his 15 buddies over for dinner. He had 15 suitcases and each suitcase was a million dollars. And this was a crew he came up with. And he's like, he's <laughs> just like, gangster. I want to th- you. this is Google this shit. It's a real story. He goes, I'm giving each of you a million dollars after tax taxes already paid for. And, uh, as a thank you for everything you've done to help me get to where I am. So, uh, Cindy Crawford's husband, I think. Imagine I can- that Uber home though. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> taking that suitcase home oh, you're gonna you're gonna need that security home right the police escort so uh uh sydney crawford's husband i can't remember his name it's, it's ross something must something gerber his he he goes to george he's like i can't accept this money dude this is ridiculous george goes if any one of you don't take the million dollars none of you get it <laughs> so oh that's hilarious to take the money the game theory imagine being friend 16 imagine uh, being economics. george clooney's 16th best friend <laughs> ponzi-nomics that's uh, hilarious how choked would you be if uh, george clooney's 16th best friend <laughs> oh man didn't make the cut that but, uh, legit, that's an amazing the, story dude uh, this is nowhere near on the same scale but one time at google you know they would give a holiday a holiday uh like a christmas gift so like in the first year you get like a nexus phone you're like you know 21 out of school you're like oh i got a thousand pound phone like this is sick 
one year they just decided to just give everyone a thousand dollars or thousand euros or whatever it was in cash fungible and it wow. was one that in in mountain view or whatever they there were people getting jacked because people Are found you, out like it got tweeted. oh my goodness and so like all oh these imagine all these yeah. google nerds walking home on the little bar or whatever <laughs> getting jacked Wait, so I mean, I hope that's a public story, but yeah, it's Wait, kind uh, of a funny yeah, thing. Yeah, we, we might have to mute that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But, uh, but actually, um, I have one more thing. Do you, do you guys ever do Secret Santa? Yeah, of course. Do you guys ever do Secret Santa? Somebody gives like the lottery ticket, and then everybody just tries to trade for the lottery ticket. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> every, every other gift is ass. <laughs> You've seen the fake lot lottery tickets? Have you seen those? Uh, no. No, what's that? Oh, That's, you got to do that. Wow. You can get like fake winning tickets and buy them oh as gifts. Oh my God. <laughs> that is so Jesus sad. Christ. That's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> that? Yo, oh I've seen God. it. Yeah, I've seen it. There's got to be reaction times, yeah. videos online for that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When Jack says Incredible. he's seen it, he means he's pranked a few people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, Silly, uh, check this out. Just bought this. Feeling lucky today. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh man! All right, so let's get us back. What we what we talking about? So, Mr. Beast, the other example I was going to give that was in the recent news. I'm just going to share my screen. Our boy Kevin Hart. Did you see this Hart House? Oh, what is this? Healthy food? This is basically. It looks like Shake Shack to me, but it's like vegan of oh, like dude, plant based. Everyone. Which is uh, which what? is interesting because it it was what one of you said earlier about like how uh, I think this just opened in the last week as well. Um, but like he's taking his fame he's creating like this brand and franchise i mean he's actually killing it like you, this would be a great thread for trung like the the amount of businesses he's setting oh, up he's, 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 he's killing it um but yeah the fact that he's jumped on the plant-based thing as well which i well, have don't very forget strong our boy mark Wahlberg, Wahlburgers. <laughs> the Wahlburgers, that's true but no i'm thinking the way you described casamigos and all the alcoholic beverages I feel like that was the 2000s thing, like 2000, 2010 yeah. and 2022s. Or like from this year onwards, like everyone's opening a burger joint. Um, Wingstop. Remember Wingstop? that one too. Is that, Rick, is that Rick Ross? Rick Ross. Rick Ross is Wingstop? Oh. Yeah. Uh, or he, he, or he has or like I don't 50 know. He bought a bunch of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he probably ate a few too, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but yeah he's, he's got the distribution it. for you. He talks about it. And My man's been he uh, cutting. About it, yeah. He's been eating those pears. Have you ever seen that's a video of him <laughs> yeah, I love talking that video. about yeah, yeah. how yeah. he loves pears? Sorry. Uh, sorry, that's a tangent. Sorry, that's not respecting the, the listener's time. But anyway, um, we got... All right, anything else on Mr. Beast Burger? Because I think that's an interesting... I mean, I, 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 the one thing I was going to say, actually, Trunk, sorry, before nope. I, I just cut you off there, but I will challenge what one of you guys said before, because I, I do kind of agree that I think he's kind of unstoppable. At the same time, to be fair, what is the things that we liked when we were kids? And even though we now have that this nostalgia about them, they're not the same things we we like, like, right? Like we're not playing Pokemon anymore, though there will be NFTs or something that takes its place. Yeah, We're yep. not um, watching Power Rangers. So well, they might I not would, age up with him as what you're saying. They might not age in the same yeah. way. And, and so what was cool then is not cool in the future. And at the same time, it's just dependent on how he keeps evolving himself. Does he keep evolving and his content evolves so it attracts, it basically retains those people? Or is he just going to keep going after the mass and doing like giveaways and all the stuff that works? So that, that I mean, I think he's 
I think he'll just keep doing the stuff he wants to do and he'll be fine either way, but it'll be interesting think, uh, to see if he can reinvent himself. That's a great question. Himself. So let me rebut Bilal's rebuttal or the kind of address it. That's a great yeah. question. <laughs> okay, so the number one YouTube earner, Ryan Kaji, you guys are the, the, the I think He's 11 the kid, year old the Filipino. toys or something, yeah? Yeah, he reviews toys. Uh, it's a t- full-on media operation. They make 30 mil a year. But uh, they had the same problem. I mean, you know that, Bilal. They, uh, his parents, very savvy. They're like, oh, he's getting older. He has less interest for this thing. How are we going to keep that audience engaged? So they started doing digital versions of him, like cartoony versions of Ryan Kaji, right? Killing it. He'll never grow old. Mm. And that when Ryan, the real one, doesn't want to do it anymore, they're just going to toss him to the dustbin and let like the cartoon Ryan Kaji Turn keep him entertaining into hey kids. Yeah. yeah. That's a great it. question, actually, about like what Mr. Beast... Uh, Man, it feels like... Okay, let me just throw a prediction out there uh, based on what Blau said because he's such a good point. Is uh, I think Mr. Beast is going to have to end up doing something like a motion picture event, uh, like a, a like a, like an avatar type situation, right? We're talking about getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Could he do a movie that pulls in $2 billion at the box office, right? Like That seems like the end game here. Like He's going to conquer YouTube. He's already conquered it. Uh, can he do something 90 minutes to 120 minutes where it really becomes like this end game type uh, Avengers type phenomenon. I wouldn't bet against it, but I'm just thinking, what else That's is there for him shout. to do? Uh, yeah. Yep. Mr. Gone, Beast Jack. Olympics. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That's wild because yeah, you've already got the- He's already conquered in. it, right? He's already conquered. What, I mean, what is he th- going to do? The live thing is a really good point because as you were saying that, I was bringing up Prime, which is Logan Paul, KSI, they have their energy drink, which is equivalent of one of these things as well. Um, and they obviously, you know, like that. I love that frame that Jack said before, which was like 32 cents per user or whatever revenue per user. And then they went out and did, you know, the fight. And like, I don't know how much they grossed in that, but like 10 mil, five, 10 mil, I have no idea. But like crazy money where you just take, you know, people are actually paying $50 to watch a boxing fight versus like paying nothing or skipping an ad, whatever. Um, and then if you layer on, like you said, those big things like a big movie deal or like something like that, or like where they're getting the back end of it as well, that is that's a that's a big. Could move. you talk through that water deal a bit more? I know nothing about it. What the prime thing? Yeah, I don't know that much about it. I just think they've got a brand called I'm on it now, DrinkPrime.com, and I've seen they were sponsoring. They did something with Arsenal. That's how I know about it. And okay. if you watch like any a of the stadium sponsorship or something, isn't it? It's like in and around the yeah. It's an energy drink, Prime Energy Drink, Arsenal. I'm just gonna see. Yeah, they they're basically doing yeah. Arsenal partners with Prime Hydration Drink. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't KSI know too much about it. Big Arsenal fan, I'm assuming. Massive, yeah, he's a massive Arsenal fan. <laughs> well, so, let's give but, a shout out to uh, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant, uh, rest in peace. Because uh, he had a, a, one of these most incredible energy drink deals. You guys remember? 2014, he bought 10% of Body Armor, a Gatorade competitor for six million. It was acquired for eight billion dollars, or valued eight billion dollars, and so he made hundred times his investment. I mean, his That's family wild. did. Yeah. So this type of that the, shit this type money, of deal, man. Jesus, wow. Yeah. So oh, Coca Cola acquired them. So that type of we're talking that that's what I guess KSI and Logan Paul could be headed towards. I think that, yeah, I think those guys, Mr. Beast, they're, and I've listened to all of them recently on podcasts where, like, honestly, I don't list, I don't like consume any of their content, like, yeah. really. Like, Mr. Beast, I have the most respect for him, but I just, every time I watch the video, I'm not, I'm not actually that entertained, but I get why it works. 
Um, it's, I'm not probably not the right target. And in KSI, honestly, I used to like watch back in the day when he did like FIFA stuff and he would just be playing FIFA all day. I like watched a few clips and after that, just never watched it. But then I listened to him on a podcast recently, actually on the Andrew Schultz podcast. They did a, they did an episode with him and I was like, man, this guy's grown up so much. And you just hear yeah. like, this guy is really smart. Like he's doing next level business deals and like the way he's thinking about it long long term is very impressive um and yeah same with logan paul i didn't really like honestly watch any of his stuff and then recently i watched a few interviews with him and i was like damn yeah like this guy is super smart obviously he did the the fight with mayweather mayweather the one thing that really pushed me over the edge with him is when he did the wwe thing recently did you see oh, that dude, video he's unbelievable man oh, wrestlemania wow yeah Tech and he was jumping dude. off the the rope and i'm like man the fact that he can do this and be a top youtuber and do the podcast and like obviously like it's a snowball effect but the, like me. he's a legit Tell athlete me. like he did no, like wrestling and yeah. stuff he's at school, a he's so. a performer man there's no question incredible yeah incredible um, well last shot on the influencer uh, commerce thing is his brother jake paul um also youtuber semi-controversial but he uh is launching a betting app so there you go damn well, the the main thing though is it's if you better com compared to what what jack was saying earlier is like the bigger trend is it used to be 30 years ago you might get a jordan deal where he gets actually percentage of a business or whatever right but there was it was basically we've got a product we're going to pay you x amount of money to be in our ad and that was pretty much it like i i don't think they did these deals that regularly where you're getting a percentage or you're actually creating something because they mm -hmm. didn't see them as that important they just saw them as distribution or like part of the marketing strategy part of the marketing strategy, which made sense for that time but now it's got to a point where these guys are actually like wait a minute i'm the deal here you know so like i don't need to just be a part of the deal i am the deal and well, that's what I lebron know. is LeBron's yeah LeBron, perfect example right he stopped yeah. doing mcdonald's ads to, exactly to your point he's like i want to own equity in the business so he did a deal with blaze pizza mm. and he owns equity in blaze pizza also even, even those to deals be fair, yeah, even yeah, those deals too. now feel feel like dated. Yeah. Versus launching like Mr. Starting Beast Burger, it from right? Scratch, Where it's yeah. like you, the, the I think the maybe the massive unlock is the permissionless distribution. Like because before the business would still have to go and pay to be on TV or pay somebody else to get the message out. So it's like this YouTube is just we've talked about it. It's just so completely differently positioned than even like the other big media platforms because you, like Mr. Beast, is not asking for permission from anybody to yeah. do anything. It's just, I'm going to go out and make this video and I'm going to upload it. And uh, that's it. That's the end of it. It's going to, 20 million people, 30 million people are going to watch it. It's, it's See, crazy. Jack, that, if that, Sorry, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think we've even begun to see, see, like people are doing like the skeuomorphic versions of it where it's like, that's an old deal. I'm just going to do the same thing, but I'm going to yeah. own 100% of it versus like the things that this can enable that have not even been conceptualized yet because all of the hurdles that you used to have to jump through, you don't anymore. And, it's and Jack, you've been in the room where you get a brief from a brand and they're like, how do we get distribution or how do we get eyeballs on digital on social media on youtube whatever it is and that's basically like these guys are the world's experts on it like like yeah. if you if you take a youtube employee or even honestly a youtube engineer to be more specifically to be more specific and you took mr beast and you said go and create a youtube channel and go and get ten thousand subscribers or get a thousand honestly 
one hundred a million percent like Mr. Beast or someone even thousands of uh, you know rank below him would beat the hell out of anyone we'll trying you, to yeah. do it. Yeah, because it's no not even the same. Like to have actually done it, you know the details more than someone who just even designed it. And this is coming from someone whose job it was for a long time, telling people how to do it on YouTube, right? So I'm talking about myself here too. When you actually go but, to do it yourself, you're like, what? Oh, okay, that that's why people talk about, I learned in the theory, click-through rate is important. Oh, this is uh, a, a thumbnail is important. And then you go MBA to make it with Jack. Wow. Hey, exactly. Uh, click yeah. uh, what's the CTR on this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, bureaucracy, but yeah, that, boys, it's bureaucracy. That's, it. that's, that's, it. The, that's the other issue. It's like, you're, you're so far away from the actual feedback. Even and if you have a good idea, you're so far. Mr. Beast looking at the YouTube analytics dashboard for like 100,000 hours. Oh, you ain't going to be Literally. You're not yeah. being him. Yeah. Have you, do you, have you, on the Rogan episode, he talks about for for years, he would basically just come home from school and him and like four other guys would be in like some sort of Skype room Skype or something. <laughs> Skype room, one, which is right? old school. And they would literally just talk about how to create YouTube videos all day. And they would like, be like, oh, this, this one test. Like this test, bold this letter, like uh, yeah. sorry, uppercase this, it was insane. Insane, that level of detail. So yeah, mad respect to what he's doing. Um, and, and I will say like to see him at that young age, be able to find talent and just you know delegate because i'm sure he's probably a nightmare to work with on the creative side because he's like a perfectionist in every way we're in a good and a bad way but like it'll be you know crazy working in that environment but like he's got this right hand man you've mentioned and for each unit he basically has a new leader like they, he should be doing he doesn't know about burgers right like he's got people who do and uh yeah that's that's the way to do it so i think he's he's do he's playing the playbook pretty well man um all right, should we move on to the next uh, subject, boys? We just got one more for today. Well, actually, Anything you know else? what? We haven't talked about it yet. I think it's worth talking about. Let's talk about Andrew Tate, the deep platform. Oh, there we go. Of Andrew Talking Tate. of, yeah. yeah. So let me let me give let me throw it to you guys because you guys put me onto Andrew Tate. So Andrew Tate is like this. Uh, listeners, <laughs> I did not find Andrew Tate. Bilal yeah. and Jack were he like, he doesn't go on the internet. So you got to <laughs> sign up to uh, Hustle University, man. It's like this. Uh, it's not yeah, a pyramid scheme. Even. Make sure you use this link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, use this link exactly. So for the uninitiated, uh, Andrew Tate uh, is this kind of um, Instagram uh, influencer type, TikTok. like TikTok. Inf He's just like he made a ton of money. Uh, former kickboxer, former chess player, uh, made a lot of money in apparently very sketchy ways, like with cam girls. Uh, but has over the past six months become, in his words, "quote Basically, unquote" the most famous the man in the world. Yeah. So. I mean, literally, well, was, I mean, I, I think I sent it to you guys in the group chat. There were more people searching for Andrew Tate than President Biden, Joe Biden, Kim Kardashian, and Kanye West, or like yeah. three well, very he was prominent So people. let's talk about it. He was juicing the algo a bit with what he was doing. So can you guys explain what Hustle University is and like what that was all about? I, so I, I don't know. I don't know, Jack, if you know more about this. I've never been inside there or seen <laughs> this, so like I don't a, know fully, uh, but... No, no, I mean, just to add really quickly what you said, the caveats, obviously, like he said a lot of wild stuff, right? Like we know that yeah. that's why he's basically been canceled off of uh, a lot of these platforms. Though, Very a lot misogynist of things, like a lot of women violence was condoned in, in these clips that were taken from his yeah, videos. Like so. stuff, exactly. So there's a lot of stuff where, I mean, honestly, the, the, again, if you listen to this with your kid, like I'm just going to say some of the things that he said real quick. Like he would say stuff like... Um, the world's problems will be solved if you put a woman's body count on their forehead, right? Like, so that, like, that's obviously a terrible 
thing to say but the point is he was playing the youtube uh, he was playing the internet's algorithm right more yes. than and he knows by saying that just me literally being scared to say that on the podcast because someone could clip that and ruin my life machine, with it. yeah yeah he knows that on both sides there's gonna be someone like oh that's funny and on the other side they're gonna be like oh my god how can you say that and that the is what creates the feedback loop that blows up your video essentially yep this was attributed to someone i can't remember the name but it was like if you get 50 percent of people to love something and 50 percent of people to hate it you get 100 percent of the attention and he yep. just that, put, executed that exactly playbook it. to perfectly. perfection yeah and yeah. then the other thing to mention is he, a lot of this stuff it wasn't even his own account he didn't have a tiktok account so he was basically incentivizing he's, he had this thing i think hustlers university which for what i understand is like basically a course business or some sort of educational thing right i'm assuming maybe um, a pyramid scheme I've yeah, it's so MLM. there's yeah, so it's well, so from what I understand, there's people pay for it to get access to probably some educational stuff. But then I've heard him talk about um, community, like, and the way he positioned it was always like, oh, the world, there's a matrix that you're in or whatever, and like to get out the matrix, you need to be, you need to know people, and like this is a community of people. So essentially, the same thing all these Web three people were doing in community or someone else is doing in community it's just a community it's a discord probably right like and so it's the same thing you're just repackaging it to say you're getting access to all these people and so that's what i think people are paying for but the i think the allegation of like pyramid scheme or ponzi or whatever is that a part of teaching people how to make money online which is you know a very ty lopez way of putting it um there was an affiliate link. So that's why yeah. these the people- one that one of the ways- sent me a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, every day is like, did you click on this, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think you clicked on I this. I saw it, click, I didn't see it. But basically that was the thing where people were creating these videos and then they were linking out to this course or wherever, they were getting a cut. So I know Jack, Jack, you'd actually said in one of our group chats to talk about this at some point, And you were saying like, how yeah i don't i don't want to put words in your mouth but like you had thoughts on this as well well i was just saying it's like uh i think i used the term fiat shit coin the, the, that's it it's, okay. it's like the perfect playbook mean? of like you don't have to use any of this token infrastructure or like launch tokens and have this take uh, a credit card <laughs> yeah yeah you just like there's enough of a level of uh tangibility to it where it becomes this like it becomes a feedback loop that i think people really understand how they're like driving value right it's like these i'm gonna amplify these ideas and i'll get paid for amplifying these ideas which is the same thing as any like fruit like if you're making the token comparison it's like the more people talk about this meme or the more people meme this visual the more attention it gets the more people invest in the project etc cetera, etc cetera. and then like that then follows the curve of attention. When the attention drops out of the thing, the thing becomes valueless. But in this case, there's no ability for the market to sell out of it. It's just Andrew Tate's Stripe account going ding, 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 ding. And then people are getting, I don't know, whatever percentage he was paying them. Fiat shitcoin. Yeah. It's but, way, I mean, it's a, it's a stretch, but you get what I'm saying in terms yeah, yeah. of the like- He's using marketing. this influence instead of launching a crypto product, it's just going to him and like his hustle university and uh, it's and it's driven by this massive meme of Andrew Tate, uh, the individual. So the individual that. So I will say this is like, if you look at the entire body of his content, some of it is this idea of like, hey, listen, you know, if you're a young male, there's certain responsibilities you should have, right? 
listen, crazy shit he said. But then there's part of it too where like you, it's pretty normal. He's like, yeah, you should take care of yourself and you know be in good shape and and and, and learn to uh, go after what you want, have a little discipline in your life, right? There's some stuff that's not crazy. It's tied in with some of the crazy misogynist stuff, and that's where I guess we should talk about. He got completely deplatformed, right? And this is where it gets interesting. So it wasn't a single conduct violation that he had. It, it, it sounds like just more generally, Andrew Tate violated our policies on YouTube, on TikTok, uh, on Twitter of uh, maybe they took the misogynist stuff and said, okay, this is like uh, condoning violence, right? But where it got interesting, and Bilal mentioned this before, he doesn't himself have a TikTok account. It seems like a lot of related- People were creating yeah, their own Taking versions, videos of all of his YouTube clips. And I mean, he played, if you were to create a avatar for how to get clipped from video podcast, you would wear sunglasses indoors while smoking a cigar, right? Yeah, getting like massaged was, for yeah, an getting hour. Massaged, like, like, he's playing the algo to a T, got people to cut these videos. This is where character. it got interesting. It's a character, a shitty character. He got banned. Uh, it was not just he got banned, the likeness of him got banned. So on TikTok, if you're one of these accounts that Bilal mentioned, uh, that just posted videos of Andrew Tate, that account and those videos were getting deplatformed. So this is where it kind of gets scary on the censorship side. Because whatever you think about Andrew Tate, it's infinitely worse to have no recourse and to have your likeness erased from the internet and decided by, honestly, five or six people uh, that run these large tech platforms. So that is where, this is why it's such a like a difficult issue to talk about, right? It's like, if you're saying, oh yeah, I don't think Andrew Tate should have been completely disappeared from the internet. People say, oh, you're supporting misogyny uh, and, and violence towards women, right? But that's actually not what's happening. What's happening is just overnight, he was taken off the internet, disappeared. And yeah. that's just a lot of power to have, right? Because you got to start asking, who can that be applied towards? Yeah, I mean, I guess you're separating the person and whatever he's saying from, from the, the idea what of is the being due able process, to be right? It's like a Trumpish type question. So you took yeah. Trump off all these platforms overnight. It was definitely coordinated. And whatever you thought about him, you had six people deciding the yeah. most powerful man in the world or we thought he was. The way I would see it, Trung, is like that example you gave there. So Andrew Tate, Trump, I would say even before that, Obama on a completely different scale of who the person might be and the people that were following. But to me, these were three big, I'm not, I know two of them were presidents and one is some random dude internet, on the internet. Like internet but I'm saying share. as an example, like as someone, if you listen to this, you listen to, to us to learn about what's on the edge of the internet. And this guy was the edge of the internet with hundreds of millions of people watching his stuff basically right yeah. billions of people billions of views sorry and so and I'm, I'm literally just sharing this right now on my screen if you can see if you're listening i'll just describe this is google trends and you can literally see here this is andrew tate kim kardashian kanye and insane. joe biden that is insane right? and th this is the blue line here 66 so he had almost five six times the amount of people searching for him than joe biden six times the amount pretty much um, you know, more than two times than Kim Kardashian, you know, again, four times more than Kanye. These are three of four of the most the famous people in the world. People in the world. And yeah. most, a lot of people, listeners might never even heard of him, but if you see his picture, you might be like, oh, I've seen a clip of him and I've, I've never seen him again. 
And so that is the kind of power of like, this is more about a case study of something that happened on the internet in the last six months, yeah. which if you agree or disagree, if you think is an idiot, if whatever, like that's not the point here. The point is the fact that this time it was Andrew Tate, another time it could be Donald Trump running for president again, or it could be on the flip side, a positive thing that you agree with that is also spread. Like if you believe in climate change and someone's coming out with viral clips talking about why we need to change something for climate change. I'm just giving extreme examples here. So that is kind of why it's an interesting example. And I think what was very smart, if you like it or hate him, regardless, the fact that he didn't have his own account meant it could keep going. He didn't. Well, normally, you think of it as the other way around, right? You say, oh, I don't have my own account. They could take it away from me at any moment. Instead, they designed it in a way which was, I'm going to create something that people can just keep spinning up new accounts every single day. And I'm, then I'm going to give them incentive to go and actually pump this for me. And the best stuff's going to rise to the top. And that's exactly what happened. He had so many one-liners that were perfect for TikTok. That's and why that, the deplatforming of his likeness is so crazy, right? Yeah. It's like, how are they even doing that? Like, yeah, AI, I don't even know how they do that. They're probably just like, do image recognition, yeah. uh, text. They're just like, this guy's Jeez. on the platform. We're just So uh, Mike Solana, who writes uh, the Pirate Wires newsletter, did you guys ever read that? He, he writes incredibly, incredibly good tweets. stuff. I don't think I've read, yeah. I've read his yeah, newsletter. His newsletter is amazing, but uh, um, he just like, this tool that we just saw, the deplatforming of likeness, not of just the individual, is an escalation. And what you need to be wary of is this, is think about this tool wielded in a political race, right? It's not even like, hey, we're going to deplatform Donald Trump. We're going to deplatform any likeness or image of him or any future competitor, right? And again, this is being decided by a handful of people. Or even, honestly, it could just be one or two people in like the censorship department or like the safety and moderation department of a single tech company. Right. And they're probably on a group chat together and the amount of power that is being wielded is it's absolutely insane. It's wild. I think that's the yeah. takeaway, right? Whatever you think about Andrew take, that's the takeaway is like somebody just got wiped off and the I, internet. I think that's the problem with the example for some people to get that, that logic you just shared, which was like, they just viscerally feel this disdain for someone yes. like him for what he said. They've heard a one liner and they're like, oh my God, this person. But think about the opposite side, but right? Think then, about what that's happens. That's why I was trying to give yeah, both examples change. of yeah. like, if something you agree with, like it's not about what he's saying. It's about the principle of being able to take someone's uh, identity away on the internet which honestly I haven't even thought that not, um, enough about until you just talked about it there um, but yeah so this to me was two parts one was like this explaining the phenomenon of this character this guy's I mean he might believe a lot of things he's saying but he's also clearly playing oh, a character, a character. Yeah. Like, there's literally videos where you can see him breaking character and it's like it's actually quite funny to see oh he's just this guy's like laughing in his head like knowing everything he's saying is being eaten up by the cameras and so that's the first part but then the second part is like the principle of what happens when someone needs to be taken off the internet yes yeah, it's, it's, it's i mean and in the future it might not be something so extreme it might be someone running for office or someone you just don't agree with agree with what they're saying so yeah very good point all right boys anything else on that before we cut out i know we're here in our time yeah we'll do the last bit if you guys want to jump to the know your you guys know your you know the website know your meme right mm -hmm. let's do it so uh i'll just give a preamble and know your meme for the people that aren't aware so mark andreessen venture capitalist netscape founder says know your meme is the most important website in the world uh, NIA listeners, 
know how much we love memes and we have meme of the week and we love posting images and videos that are, uh, make us, uh, make us chuckle. But, uh, I mean, we also talk about what a meme is, right? It's just a unit of cultural transmission. It's not like these macro images with big, funny text. Um, so know your meme just traces like the, the etymology or the history of, of all the most popular memes. That's what makes a website so interesting, right? So launched in 2008, uh, as basically a Wikipedia for memes. But what's interesting is they just released a report that shows where memes come from uh, since 2010 to 2012. And uh, I just think it's a fascinating report. And the, the main takeaways, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot some ideas to you guys and probably go down memory lane here, was like how memes spread through the internet and where they're coming from. So if I were to ask you guys, 2010, so to start, we're starting this report at 2010. Where would you say the most memes come from. Well, let me ask you, where do the most memes come from today, 2022? You mean like by platform, right? No, yeah. What, what, where are the most memes, videos, well, I'm assuming ideas? Twitter. I'm, I'm assuming Twitter, but like in terms of like where it starts, probably yeah. there and Instagram. But I mean, I don't know where they actually start because it could just think? be my own. Reddit, Reddit actually. Reddit is another one okay. as well. So the, the great, I mean, the answer is TikTok. TikTok mm. is the ultimate meme machine right now, and it took over the crown from Twitter last year. Okay, so, that's oh, okay, got yeah. it. That, so that, that, but that makes sense, right? Rise of TikTok, it's got a billion users. That also might be the way I'm thinking of the word meme as well. Yeah, I might totally. Be, I'm thinking of just an image like that. So we're talking about like an internet trend or an idea, like where they're oh, coming from. Oh, in that from, case, right? definitely, yeah, TikTok. Yeah, for sure. TikTok. So 2010, actually, we're going back. YouTube was the goat. So YouTube invented the mm. viral video, right? Like people, you remember like the- Charlie bit uh, my Charlie finger. Charlie bit my finger, exactly. Yeah. So that's where the memes Charlie. really started busting out. <laughs> 2000, but this was ha uh, like, think about the internet back then. There's only about 600 million people on Facebook in 2010. That's a lot, but now there are six social networks with at least a billion users, right? It's, it's TikTok, uh, WeChat, uh, WhatsApp, um, YouTube, Instagram, and what's one more? It doesn't matter. There's Twitter. six of them. Not LinkedIn? Twitter. Not Twitter. Is LinkedIn no. that high? No, <laughs> there's 600. Yeah, yeah, it's about 600. But uh, totally different uh, idea of how memes start. So YouTube was big, but here's the other thing that's interesting in 2010. Do you guys remember all those old websites like 9gag? Like iFunny yeah. and 9gag? Yeah, so there were a bunch of websites in 2010 which had memes. So 2010 was like this period where it's still fractured. People used to go to websites. But then what started happening? We started getting the Tumblrs, the Reddits of the world, 4chan. So the difference with how these different uh, platforms uh, brought memes up was now you can start classifying memes in subreddits. So people started going there to classify memes. 4chan was just this complete wild west. Have you guys ever used 4chan? I've never used it. No, I don't. Is I've it like linked to stuff on there? But I was going to add a bit of personal trivia. I went to school with a kid who started lolcats.com. That's oh, hilarious. One of the first, That's big. One of the first like big... Uh, viral image things you know where people funny pitch the cats like because that was a meme in itself right the internet was used to look at cat cats. pictures remember yeah. Yeah. people used, yeah yeah anyway. well, that's what literally when we would go in 2010 to speak to people about youtube they would literally say oh what what am i going to put my ad or my brand next to people of a of like a, a cat, cat on a skateboard like yeah, yeah. something like that and that's literally <laughs> yeah, what yeah. they thought of it as so same no, but thing. that's a that's a good shout out because it, it kind of explains the trajectory of these memes. So we're talking about there's so many websites back then. They say Lowcats or Nine Gag in 2010. So YouTube was the big uh, meme creator, and then you had these fractured websites. 
all those memes started centralizing into 4chan, Reddit, and Tumblr. So those uh, became the bastions for memes between 2012, 2014. But this is, you guys will appreciate this. 2014 is when Vine took over. So man, dude, you're talking about misses. Like Twitter had Vine and they're sitting on that six second video uh, uh, pre-TikTok goldmine and just completely yeah. blew it. And that thing's pumping out memes like crazy. And then you guys mentioned uh, Twitter and this is where it really took off. 2014. So 2014 is when uh, Twitter pivoted to become more of a, a real-time news network. So instead of like posting like your updates uh, in the late 2000s, which was kind of his purpose, that's when politicians, entertainers, journalists really started really revving up their usage on Twitter. So you're combining a place to aggregate memes. So like Reddit, where all the memes are uploaded, plus real-time news and, and famous people. That mix created an absolute monster. So in their analysis, Twitter became the home for memes from 2014 to 2019 before TikTok took over. Like Twitter was the spot. It was this real-time uh, uh, NIST plus where people aggregate uh, to put all their memes. And uh, and peak peak Twitter happened in 2019. Um, not surprising, right? Uh, during uh, the Trump presidency. So that's uh, the, the quick history of where memes mm. come from. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize... Uh yeah, it makes a lot of sense on TikTok now, but I didn't. I kind of forgot about YouTube even when yeah, you described that. that like that away. was the viral video. You've now you think of Mr. Beast and all these different things. We we watch hours of interviews of like Joe Rogan and stuff like that, but you forget that's where all it was with viral videos basically. Was from YouTube. So they brought the last point I'll bring with them is uh, the TikTok and Twitter took over as the meme factories because they're mobile first, right? Is like Reddit. And they also, Reddit, Tumblr, uh, YouTube, they obviously all have apps, but like people are like kind of desktoping them and the websites, but TikTok and Twitter, mobile first. And so basically the know your meme conclusion is this, for TikTok to get displaced as like the go-to meme plays, you're basically gonna have to have a whole new platform shift. So they're like, whoever dominates this next platform, whatever it is, VR, AR, who knows what it's gonna be, they're gonna be the ones that make the memes. So conclusion, Zuck's gonna be making our memes. <laughs> All right, man. I think we are ready to... Oh, by the way, we should talk about that another episode. But you, did you guys see Zuck was on Rogan? Did you watch that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I listened to that. Bit, I, look. I saw a little bit. It's hard to listen to and it's not the most... Uh, <laughs> Engaging speaker. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tone. <laughs> but there's good content in there, for sure. No, no. I mean, I will just... The quick thing I thought was like, he's actually... Like, the way he's talking about Metaverse stuff, I was like, oh, actually... He's really thinking deep, thinking deep about it. It's oh, like bigger yeah. than I, bigger than I originally thought. You know, we we got used to hearing the word metaverse as kind of a joke, joke term, like to mean anything. But these guys are actually really, you know, if anyone's going to win, they probably have a good chance. Um, all right, boys, I think we can call it there. Unless you had anything else, thanks Trung for giving us the history of memes. Go on, go I on, got Jack. one more point. The uh, lolcats.com, two thousand six. Was Those it memes. Oh, me. No, that was when they, that's when it started. Um, so yeah, I can go back. I'm. We should all try and do some internet archive stuff. One of these episodes, pull up all the little things. Uh, high school cats. websites you're top, involved. Top college ten. humor. No, college the ones you built. We, yeah, yeah, we still yeah, got a stream. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Bling bling king LLC. LLC. LLC limited mate limited it's the UK <laughs> yeah. um, alright well that was good chat yeah great 
I, I didn't think we were going to touch all of those, but that was really interesting. Let us know what you think of this. If you're still here, make sure you smash the like button on YouTube. Write a comment. Let us know what you think of this as well. Share it with a friend. And one quick pump my bag segment is uh, Trung and I just recorded an hour kind of interview, me interviewing him for Create Lab, the other podcast I do. So just whip out your phone right now and make sure you subscribe to that so you can listen to it next week when it comes out. It's all about the going deep on what he's been doing, basically. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy that as well. Let me know what you think of that. And we will see you next week. Nice one, Perfect. boys. Peace, guys. Cheers.